Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. Time now for the Danny Mac Show with BK, getting you inside the cards and St. Louis sports on 101 ESPN. The one thing that we have to remember about this year is like when injuries happen, can you augment that with your depth? And, you know, this year we were challenged a little bit from the pitching standpoint. And uh, hopefully when we go into camp this year, we have that extra depth and um, we'll be prepared for perhaps those, you know, ups and downs a little better. John Mosellock uh, on a show earlier here on 101 ESPN from a few weeks ago. Danny Mac show with BK. Uh, Air Comfort Service text line is six. 780 always have uh, mic drops open at the ESPN 101 ESPN app. Ben Clemens will be our guest from Fangraphs. Looking forward to that. Um, I, I just think reading between the lines, and I also think looking at it realistically and how I would approach the team. And I mean, my goodness, who wouldn't want me to run a team? Be fifty million over budget and probably fifty below five hundred. We'd but, have fun though, Dan. Oh, we'd, we'd have, have a hell of a time. Fun. I can tell you that. We'd be well paid. We'd all too. get fired very quickly. <laughs> it might only last three months, but I'll be damned if in that three months we didn't have a blast. And we have guaranteed contracts too. <laughs> yeah. I guarantee you that. Those uh, buyouts are going to be something they don't want to oh, touch. No, sir. We're going to be solid, lock solid. Um, I just see this team going for pitching, especially when you had six finalists for a Gold Glove, five of the six win, and I think this is kind of the interesting quote. From John Mosellock, from both Katie Wu and Derek Gould. They're at the GM meetings. Mo will come back, I believe, uh, tonight. And Michael Gersh comes back tonight. There's still some business out there, but it's lower-level stuff, minor league stuff. Um, so Mo said yesterday, quote, we can think of four starters right now. And he said, we can name them and feel pretty confident about what we're going to get. Last year, we thought we had nine or ten. And this is what I've been saying. You've heard me say it a million times. He said, we think we had nine or ten. I think you've got to have some protection going in regardless of what we say we're going to get them to do. Having some additional arms is healthy. And that's where I think their their funds go. You know, they're probably, by my estimation, and I know you are, like, all over this stuff. I'm a nerd, Dan. This it's is all right. what it, I spend my free time doing. Well, you know, I watch a lot, so <laughs> you just do the numbers a lot. I've got roughly 30, 35 million that they could play with. That and, sounds about right. And and I'm, um, you know, again, it's very rough estimates. I don't have their books. We also don't, I was about to say, we don't have the internal numbers on what they're willing exactly. to go to, what specifically what they they're thinking? paying and when, right. what the deferred money means. Like, I, I just don't know. Hey, what, so. is, what is a CBA uh, and a lockout mean when you can't roll out your ticket packs? And that so, too. you know, your, your, your sales may be I down. I 30 I mean, million sounds about right. Though. So that's where I'm going. And if I got 30 million... Um, and we were talking about a, a lot on the morning show. Are you going, you know, with a shortstop? What do you think about that? We talked about that yesterday. And I, I don't think I'm going there, BK. I would like to see a frontline start. When I say frontline, I'd like to see a solid guy that is a, I don't know if you can get a number one by spending that kind of money, but a three, a four solid. Oh, like Mar- you can get a lot of those guys yes. on this market. And, and so I want to get one good name. You know, like a big name that like Marcus Stroman to me jumps off the pages with the the ground ball rate, the innings pitched. Um, I like what he brings to your team too. He's a fun guy. I, I just I, I there's a lot of 
the, the check marks in the, the positive box for me. Now, that's without me being around him a lot. That's just watching from the outside. But I can tell you the numbers jump off the page for what this team would need. And then, like we're talking about, I'm throwing money at guys that um, have a chance to compete potentially for a rotation spot. And if not, they go to your bullpen. And you know that you got Libertor coming. Oviedo, I'm still high on Johan Oviedo, maybe more so than others. And I understand that. He hasn't had success at the major league level. Love what I saw from Jake Woodford at the end of last season. But the general big point of what I'm trying to make here is that, man, you can't have enough pitching. And these teams that we thought were spending tons of money ran out of pitching. And the Cardinals, when they finally got decent enough pitching to get them through five with Lester and Happ and Wade LeBlanc, well, lo and behold, they started winning a bunch of games. Go get some pitching. So I'm with you. I, I think they need to go get pitching. I'm conflicted on this, Dan, and I'm going back and forth in my own head. I feel like I'm wrestling with my own ideas as to what the best option is for this team this offseason. Pitching or a bat? I, I can tell you're going a little offense here, BK. So I know you too well I, I here. I want both, obviously. However, there is a budget that has to be understood, and that's something that I think a lot of fans right now are saying, no, 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 just get all of it. Just get the shortstop and get Marcus Stroman and bring back Luis Garcia and go get another bullpen arm as well. I get it. I, I would love to see sure. them do that. But money is an object in this situation, and you've got to find a way to be able to budget this correctly. So I look at the rotation right now, Dan, and it, it seems to be pretty obvious. I agree with what John Mosellock said. Flaherty, Wayno, Hudson, Michaelis, those are your top four right now. Internally, they're saying that they're going to stretch out Jordan Hicks and Alex Reyes going into spring training. So at least those are guys that are going to compete for a spot, even if they very likely aren't going to earn those spots in the rotation. In the minors right now, you also have Matthew Liberatore and Johan Oviedo and Jake Woodford. So those are three that are at least on the cusp. By the way, there's a couple other guys that you don't know the names of yet. You're going to hear a lot about them in spring training. I'm just going to say Do that. Have I got some names in mind, it? Yeah, okay. I'll, but keep going. Sure. So that's five guys outside of the top four that I just mentioned. I just don't know how many starting candidates you need. I, I know last year they said, hey, we had nine or ten, and then it broke down on us. Let yes, me I answer understand. this, though. Yep. Okay. So, and I'm with you. I'm 100% understand where you're going. And this is no disrespect to the guys I'm, I'm going to mention here. Mo says we got four guys coming back that we feel solid with. And we were talking about it this morning. And they asked me, who are you most solid with? Like, if you had to say who you feel best about. I said, it's a guy coming off Tommy John surgery to give me the 25 to 30 starts. And it's Dakota Hudson. I feel better about him than I do the others. Now, people are saying, now, what about Wainwright? Well, Wainwright's going to be 41 with a lot of mileage. Now, I've been saying that for three years in a row, and he keeps proving me wrong, and he may do it again. I, I'm just, I, I'm not worried, but I, I go in sheepishly with Miles Michaelis. I mean, sure. I, I've been burned it's a couple totally of times. So is Jack Flaherty going to get back to where he was? You know, velocity was down at the end of the season, mm -hmm. even when he came back. Um who am I missing? I'm missing somebody else. And you I, got the four. Okay, Hudson, Wayne, Hudson would be my, you know, But Hudson, when I watched him, I was like, okay, that's – I hate saying any surgery is routine, but it's become almost routine in baseball to get Tommy John. Loved what I saw at the end None of, of last the evidence year. we saw suggests that there's going to be issues. Exactly. Maybe there will be. He's pitcher, so he right. could break at exactly. any point in time. But uh, nothing that we saw would suggest that. I'm totally so, with you, Dan. There are a lot of questions about this rotation. Hicks, Reyes. The Absolutely. other guys we mentioned. I mean, so that's why I want to go out and get a 
known commodity that's done it before in a rotation and bring him in. I'm with you. I think they should go get a starter. I just have seen a lot of people, and I posted a poll on Twitter last night, and I know Twitter's not real life, and so this is a, a very small percentage of the fan base, but I was surprised to see. I asked, how many star- veteran starting pitchers do you think the Cardinals need to add via free agency or trade this offseason? More than 50% said at least two, Dan. More than 50%. I don't know what you do with that guy. Like, if you get two starting pitchers so right now, you'd have what to... do you do roster-wise? Well, here's how... I, I, I'd be curious how you'd classify him. So if you said to me, okay, the Cardinals are going to bring Marcus Stroman in. Mm -hmm. I'll just throw that name out there. High ground ball rate. Makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, you get a good defense, gives you innings. I'd say, okay. And then they'd say, uh, Wade LeBlanc is my other starter I'm looking at. Is that the guy that you're throwing out on Twitter? Or is it like, no, I need Marcus Stroman and I need John John Gray, somebody like that. So now I got two guys that now you've are, got six guys in your rotation right. but that's great until you actually have to go into opening day and you've got to make a five-man rotation it's like oh damn i'm paying 15 million dollars to a yes. bullpen arm now that's throwing two innings per week it just doesn't make sense to allocate your resources that way and when you look at the roster dan you've already got gallegos cabrera reyes whitley helsley and mcfarland in your bullpen mm-hmm. that's six you very well may be limited to 13 pitchers on your roster next year. So you've got two open spots, and one seems like it's going to go to Luis Garcia. It sounds like they would like to bring him back this offseason, which makes a lot of I sense. Would too. It was great for them last yep. year. So you essentially have right now two spots for pitchers on your big league club. I have not talked about Jake Woodford. I have not talked about Jordan Hicks being on the big league club next year. See, maybe Woodford is that swing guy that they're thinking about. They it really makes like, a lot of sense. Really, I, I thought he was a different pitcher at the end of last season. And you know he can do it out of the bullpen, but I liked what I saw as a starter as opposed to what I saw out of the bullpen more so. But maybe that's what they're thinking. Yeah. Could be. The, the reason why I bring all of this up is just when, when you're thinking about these things for what the Cardinals need to do in the offseason, these are the kinds of questions the Cardinals are asking internally. Is okay, if we sign two starters, what do we do with them? Right. In a best-case scenario, what does that look like for us? And in a best-case scenario, honestly, it looks like one of them is going to the bullpen. So you got to keep that in mind. So Wade LeBlanc is a great name or somebody like that. It's going to be a couple million bucks. And that's what I'm trying to. I I keep on trying to think of those types of guys that not only are they the fit for what you need, but they accept it. Yes. I mean, that's the other part of it, too. Guy on the back end of his career that just wants to win, coming to a winning organization, might get five, ten starts, a swing guy for you next year. That makes all the sense in the world. But signing two of those guys that are going to be $10-plus plus million that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So do they need pitching? Absolutely. But they need pitching and to go out there and get depth on the other side of the ball as well. Don't forget about the fact that this team did have some offensive deficiencies a year ago. Oh, yeah. That's my concern, Dan. You know I'm a Chiefs fan. Uh, you may have heard something about that. This offseason, off they overcorrected. They went all in on the offensive line. The offensive line's quite good this year. Did a good job with that. They forgot, though, that they need a number two receiver. And this year, guess what's happened? They don't have a number two receiver. And now they're in talks with Odell Beckham Jr. as a result. I don't want the Cardinals to overcorrect to what happened last year where they did lose all of that pitching. And it ended up being a huge issue for them. But then they get to the middle of the season. They say, oh, bleep. We're missing a middle of the order bat, and we forgot to go get that in the offseason because we were so focused on pitching. Which you can address, though, as the season goes on, as we saw last year. Your deficiencies, you can't address in baseball such a long year. So we'll talk more about that with uh, Ben Clemens of Fangraphs, and uh, he is coming up with some of the top free agents in this offseason. 
of the Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN. Dan, you know this is my favorite time of the year. I nerd out over all of the fan graphs lists on the top 50 free agents. They've had some over at ESPN. The Athletic has put theirs out. Everybody's projecting what they think players are going to get. And this is the time of year where we all get to play general manager. And one of the best in the business at breaking this stuff down is Ben Clemens, MLB writer for fan graphs, previously with Viva Albertos as well. So he has a keen eye on the Cardinals. And he joins us now via the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Ben, we always appreciate the time, man. How you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, doing very well. So I, I'm going to ask this a little open-ended. If I put you in John Mosellock's chair right now and I said, okay, uh, you can get one guy. What You can target one guy, also noting what the cost is going to be, from your top 50 free agent list. Who would you be out there looking to acquire? Oh, that's a good question. So I think my number one target is not really up to the Cardinals, but if I can get him, I want Max Scherzer. I, I think there's going to be 15 teams who are going to offer Max Scherzer a big truckload of money, and I think he'll go play wherever he wants to for the next two years. And if he wants to play in St. Louis, if he wants to come back home, I'd, I'd be into that. <laughs> like that seems like basically the perfect guy. What about, what about um, what you saw, though, at the end of the season? Any concerns with that dead arm or whatever? And if he would, wherever he signs, what's the length of the deal and how much are you going to get it, uh, per season, you think? So I pegged him for two years and uh, and about $70 million. On here. Yeah, yeah, 35 yeah. each. I don't know if that's kind of consistent. Uh, outlet to outlet, as it were, in terms of what people think he's going to get. But that's, I think, a pretty fair estimate for a range for him. And if he's getting that, and to be clear, this is all contingent on him passing a medical test. Like, they're going to look at his arm. And if there's actually, like, ligament damage, yeah, he probably won't get it. Uh, Let's just assume that that's okay. Because if it isn't, no one's signing him, or at least no one's signing him to a big deal. So I I think it's okay to just assume that it's going to be okay. I know that's, like, kind of fraught with pitchers, but they can just look at his arm if it really comes down to that. And so, yeah, if you can get him for that, and if his arm's okay, Scherzer's my number one pick. Um, I don't... Okay. Sorry. I was going to say, I don't know if he wants to go to St. Louis, but if he does, who are the Cardinals to say no? He's a St. Louis guy. (laughs) It would make all the sense in the world. I just don't know if they're going to be willing to spend that kind of money, as you mentioned. And so then you go kind of down the list of the free agent starters. And we've been talking today, uh, Ben, about uh, what you do on the pitching side of things. The guy that keeps popping up as a clear candidate for me here in St. Louis is Marcus Stroman. If you look at the profile, everything that he does, that's what the Cardinals are looking for in a pitcher. He is consistent. He is a sinker baller. He's going to use the defense behind him. He's out there throwing 170 plus innings seemingly every year. Is that a guy that you think makes some sense for the Cardinals? And if you were in their shoes and you weren't willing to spend the $35 million per year, would you be willing to go the 20 to 25 on a guy like Stroman? Yeah, I think he's actually the most likely Cardinal target. Again, they're, they're going to pitch Scherzer because it's a short-term commitment they're willing to do, but I don't think he's likely to go back to St. Louis. And Stroman's the next target on the list, and everything you said is exactly why I think he makes sense there. There's just so many fits for what he could do with our defense. 
you know, what he can do just in terms of being healthy. <laughs> like that really matters to the Cardinals pitching staff. And if you look at their salary for next year, between declining Martinez's option and declining Carpenter's option, there's essentially a $20 million hole that they could just plug Stroman in. And I think Stroman may get in, in the range of 20 to 25. I had him at four and 25, which I think is the high end of the range. I think it's entirely possible, and sorry for the construction noises in the background, <laughs> that he gets basically the low end of that band, call it like four and 20 or five and 20. And then that that just ends up working for the Cardinals to get him. I, I don't think there's any reason to think that couldn't happen. It's like he'd love to play with a great defense behind him. I don't know if you've seen the Mets defense, but it is not great. And the upgrade from the Mets defense, to the Cardinals defense would just be enormous. So I think that is like you said, just a very logical place. It happens to fit the payroll too. And of the tier of pitchers that are kind of Stroman-esque, he is obviously the best fit for the Cardinals. And so, yeah, I think he should be their number one target of that group. Who are some others that are Stroman-esque as you look at uh, the free agency market? Well, depending on how you feel about Robbie Ray, he's in there. You know, He had his best season in 2021. I think he's just not a great Cardinals fit. He's going to give up a lot of walks, and maybe his homer proneness is helped by Bush. So, like, that's maybe a reason you could say that Ray makes sense. But aside from that, uh, a strikeouts and walks guy in St. Louis doesn't doesn't really fit with what I picture them doing. And so I, I'd be doubtful that they're going after him. Again, also there's some, like, will he pitch 170 innings or will he be really inefficient with his pitches risk there. So he's another person on that list. I just don't think they're going to go get him. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez kind of fits that bill if you – you can convince yourself he fits the bill at least. He's um, he's been surprisingly good in Boston, but just kind of boring, if you will. And I, I know the Cardinals like pitchers like that, but uh, I don't. I think the market will be big enough for him that it'll be close enough to Stroman, and I'd rather just go get Stroman. We're talking to Ben Clemens of Fangraphs here on 101 ESPN. Uh, ben, one of the big questions that Cardinals fans, as you can imagine, have been asking over the last few months, much less the last few weeks, is, okay, yeah, but what about the shortstop market? Because there are superstars at the top end of the market and very good players even in the mid-range of the market. Do, how much of a need do you view shortstop for this Cardinals team? I'm going to be honest with you, not that much of a need. Like, it's a nice They'd love to have a nice shortstop. That that would obviously make the team better. Uh, but I just don't see it as a need. It's it's like replacing either, let's say, uh, your paint job on your car that's like serviceable but getting a little old, or your oil. The Cardinals need pitchers. They need oil, as it were. And <laughs> they don't really need a great shortstop. It was awesome. They'd love to have it. But they have two capable, if not great, shortstop options already. In fact, if you look at the rumors around, they may be looking at trading Paul DeYoung just to get some value out of the fact that they have too many shortstops. So spending a big long-term commitment, and all the good shortstops this year are going to take big long-term money, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me given the resources the team already has. They signed their you know left side of the middle infield defender to a big long-term contract, and that was Arenado. And I just it seems kind of a weird allocation of resources to double down on that when they have guys who can play short just completely capably. What about bench players that are potential free agents, in particular those that hit from the left side and maybe an outfielder? 
I think there's a bunch of different ways they can go on the bench. If I'm the Cardinals, what I would like to do is sign kind of a depth outfielder, particularly if there's going to be a DH next year, right? Like that, that isn't settled yet. It seems pretty likely that there's going to be a DH next year. And if there is, then there's all kinds of guys who are in that general area. I mean, if you really want to sign Jock Peterson to the Cardinals, he's like not a bad example of this. You know, he's a big lefty bat and he would love to have a DH slot available. I think he'd be the worst outfield defender on the Cardinals immediately when they signed him. Uh, There's just a ton of kind of interchangeable guys who can be a lefty bat for you. Um, I mean, if you really want to, go crazy, sign Eddie Rosario after the postseason he had, I would not like to do that. I think he'll get overpaid because of his postseason. And I don't know, like, I like watching Cardinals games. I don't necessarily want to have such a free-swinging hitter just in the middle of the lineup where I'm going, oh, great. Like, of course this is happening. No offense to Rosario. He's just like, he'll swing at anything. And when it works, it's awesome. And when it doesn't, I don't know. It just seems like it's not the right uh, the right fit for me for an enjoyment perspective. And I think he's not likely to be the right fit from a value perspective either. Jock- oh, go ahead. Sorry, my apologies. Um, I did want to ask you about the leadoff situation that the Cardinals have going into next year, because against lefties, they have multiple candidates, but against right-handed pitching, it, it is kind of slim right now in terms of the, the possibilities of who you could go with at the top of the order. How do you feel about their options to lead off against righties next year? And do you see anybody on the open market, maybe as one of those fourth outfielders or middle infielder options for platooning that would make sense to you? So, I mean, again, you you could sign Jock. He's a, he he was leading off for the Braves a little bit this year and for the Cubs. I don't know if that necessarily makes sense. I wouldn't mind just trying Carlson there like they were doing for a decent chunk of this year. I think it's pretty clear that Edmund is not really going to be doing that, you know, against his, like to his weaker side. It's just, just not happening. That, that just hasn't worked for him. I I don't know any other way to say it than that. And so either you're going out and getting kind of a platoon guy, like you said, who can DH and lead off there. I don't, I'm not really that interested in regularly benching one of our outfielders against righties. Like I I think O'Neill and Bader deserve everyday reps and, you don't have Carlson because you bench him against one side or the other. You know, that's just not a, <laughs> that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me either. Just given his, he's a switch hitter. You, you don't have him not to switch hit. So if I'm doing that to get a new guy to add to the lineup to lead off, it's going to be, yeah, like a, a bargain bin kind of guy at the bottom of the free agent list. Would you anticipate uh, teams making moves before the CBA expires? Or do you think they're going to wait and then we'll have a free for all right before spring training? Uh, depends on what kind of moves. I think that there will be teams making, let's say, like minor moves. Uh, the Dodgers signed Andrew Heaney. That that's extremely minor. Uh, you know, no disrespect to Andrew Heaney. That's just uh, it's a one-year deal. There's there's a reason that uh, that it's happening this early. If you're a a guy like that who's going to get one or two years and single-digit millions, I don't think the CBA has a lot to say about your value next year. So it's going to be a one-year deal. So I think a lot of those signings will go through. And one thing I'd like to see the Cardinals do is sign a bunch of like Andrew Heaney types, essentially pitchers who they can sign to one or two year deals for not an infinite amount of money and see if they work out. Uh, you've looked at the giant. If you look at the giants recently, they've done this a lot in the past two years and they don't all work out, but a few of them do. And if they do, you make huge returns on it. And 
the Cardinals could use any pitching, if I'm being honest with you. Like, they just need pitchers, period. And so I think that's a smart way to try to get it. Why not try that if you're going to make an early signing? None of the big players are signing before the CBA gets done. So why not make a, you know, make a few small moves? But I don't think they need to go break the bank in November. Final question that I have for Ben Clemens of Fangraphs.com. He's joining us here on the Danny Mac Show on 101 ESPN. Ben, if you looked down on your list, like either towards the bottom end of the top 50 or maybe even guys that didn't make your top 50, some players that you just you find interesting and you think they would be in potential buy low candidates for the Cardinals. They could come in on a one of those one-year deals that you're talking about. Are there any that stand out to you as being partic- particularly interesting options for this Cardinals team, knowing what they need? So I think the player who I am most interested in from a buy low perspective doesn't fit well with the Cardinals and that's Mark Kana. But I think if we end up adding a DH and his market develops more slowly than expected, then he actually would make a lot of sense to replace that. I think he's the clearest buy low candidate just because there are a lot of people in the middle tier. uh, Whereas, Kana is just kind of underrated and has always been underrated, if that makes a lot of sense. Oh, like yeah. he's just he's just always there and always hitting. And if the Cardinals could get a guy like that, and he's not gonna solve your leadoff versus righties problem, but he's a great hitter. He can spell both of the two corner outfielders and Goldschmidt when he needs a day off and play DH when he's not. He's his projections for contracts are all over the place. I think he's going to get like three years. I've seen a lot of people think he's going to get one year and less than $10 million. And if that's the case, I mean, he would be the third best hitter on the team immediately. That That's a very cheap way to get a good everyday hitter. So if he is not signed in say like middle of January or if the market's developing slowly, I hope it counts on him because you know the Cardinals have often struggled at getting kind of good impact bats for cheap and free agency. They've taken shots and missed a few times. If this is a chance they have, they should take advantage of it. Ben, I, I do find it, this is my final question, I find it fascinating how you come up with the years and the numbers. Uh, uh, the average AAV, obviously, is uh, something that you look at. How do you formulate that? If, if you know, average fan is out there listening in, and they're like, well, how does he come up with this guy for four years and $25 million per and there's $100 million? How do you guys do that? It's a little mix of art and science. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, The first thing we always do, and I do this in conjunction with the rest of our staff because I could not do it on my own. It's just too much work, is look at a bunch of contracts that have been signed in the past few years and look for comparables to players this year. So this year happened to be kind of easy because there have been some big shortstop deals signed recently, and the best players in the market are all shortstops. Past that, you're kind of looking for comps, and you're also looking at projections for how the players are going to do in the future. We're lucky enough to have two pretty good projection systems on our site. Uh, and so they just gave me numbers for, you know, next year, two years out, three years out. So I could say, oh, like, like Scherzer, for example, there's just not a lot of precedent for either pitchers staying healthy that long or uh, for pitchers getting deals that long. So I could say, oh, he's probably going to sign a short term deal. Mm-hmm. Things like that are just, you know, much easier to do uh, than try to do anything super complex with coming up with our own ideas. We just look at past precedent. And so you kind of go down the line. Oh, this is similar to that. That's similar to that. That's, that's basically what we're doing. Um, it's, I wish I could say it's 
something very fancy. It's sure. not. No, it's it's fascinating. I love how you guys do that. Use your stuff all the time, and it's uh, a great resource for any baseball fan. And that's at uh, Fangraphs. Ben, thanks for hopping on with us this morning. Really appreciate it, and uh, have a great holiday season. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on. You got it. That is uh, Ben Clemens from Fangraphs. I, you know, I, I do have. Um, I think you can plug in the numbers, and then you got to take into account which teams might spend and which teams are saying, oh, we got a chance to go for it. So now we're going to up the ante by X amount of dollars. You know, it's just, it's a, it's not a scientific way to, to do it. You know, it doesn't always pan out that way, but you do get a general idea of what the numbers may look like with a lot of these players. Yeah. Price of poker is always going up. So you've got to account for that. There's inflation that takes place. So if a guy that was the best comparable for, uh, for example, Max Scherzer, uh, was signed 10 years ago. Yeah. You're going to bump up what that AAV, the salary is moving forward now that it's 10 years later and, uh, payrolls across the sport have gone up by God only knows how much in that period of time that being said you can look at some of those comparables like you can look even to last year's market what did the fourth outfielder types exactly. get last year they oh, got yeah, there's ways to do it it's just like the other thing though is it takes one yeah one owner to say you know what i want that guy go get him and it takes one team that has reset its books yes. like the yankees or the dodgers or the angels it sounds like are getting in on the pitching market this offseason that's going to change what the pitching market looks like right. and if they want <clears throat> to go out there and get max scherzer well then they're going to get max scherzer probably cuz they're going to be willing to spend 40 45 maybe even 50 million dollars to make that happen um so it does it it takes the one owner that says go get this guy and if they say that hey, he might get more than you expect or it can take a an entire sport, all of baseball, saying, yeah, we don't value him the way that the, the public does. And if that ends up being the case, like Eddie Rosario last offseason, for example, and they don't value his skill set the way that we think that they will, they end up getting paid a little bit less. So it is, like he said, it is there's some science there, but there is a lot of art that goes into this as well. There's a great article um, on The Athletic about Max Scherzer, and this is prior to the dead arm stage. I think it was maybe like two weeks prior to it. And, um, you know, he's 37, but it basically said, like, can, the, the the structural f- physicality of his elbow, shoulder, biceps, tri- it was, like, awesome. It's like, this guy's amazing. And I just, I look at the amount of mileage on the body, the arm, the shoulder. He's 37, and yet he's looking at two years and $70 million for a 37-year-old pitcher. It's amazing. It's incredible. The only thing is, and I say this as a little bit of one of those, like, hey, there is some caution here. The guy that I used to say that about prior to this last season was Justin Verlander. Right. I always used to say, I I don't understand how for 15 years he's been the model of consistency uh, between, let's see here. You just don't know. 2006 and 2019, he threw basically at least 200 innings all but one year. I mean, mm-hmm. it was ridiculous, the amount of consistency that he had. And then, boom, elbow goes out. Yep. For, first start of the year, it's over for Justin Verlander. So you got to be careful, but if ever there was a guy you can trust, it's, it's with those two in particular. All right, we're going to take a look at the rest of the Central coming up. Can't get enough cards talk? You've come to the right place. Back to more of the Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN.
I can tell you right now, it's a two-team division. It's a two-team division. I know that you say that in November, and anything can change, but you tell me how Cincinnati, Chicago, or Pittsburgh is going to compete. I, I can't see a, an avenue. So when you're down to two teams, you don't need to go past the, the luxury tax threshold and sign three guys. You know, you, you're pretty much in the playoffs now if you're the Cardinals, barring something crazy. So all of that plays a mix. Why should we sign this guy when we saw the Braves win get win it all with 88 wins? That's one way to look at it, Jesse Rogers of ESPN. Another way to look at it is I don't want to play in a one game only, so I'm going to make sure that I win the division because then I'm playing in a best of three or a best of five, whatever the case may be, coming out of the CBA. Happen to agree with what uh, he said right now, and I'll say this, depending on what the Brewers do, they could – the value for Hader may not get any higher than it is right now. And they're going to have to start paying Christian Yelich. Yelich, Lorenzo Cain, and Bradley, Jackie Bradley Jr. That'll be their outfield more than likely, at least currently constructed going into next year. Their combined war this season was 25 mm. And that that, ain't that would be, cut it. That's what you want from one of those yes, players. At least, <laughs> like Lorenzo Cain needs to be that, and then yes. you need more than that from Christian Yelich. I mean, Cain played in under 100 games this year. He's 35, and the Brewers, Avisel Garcia, opted out of his contract, and he had 29 home runs and slugged 490. So he go, he's probably gone. So now you're counting on that trio of Yelich, Cain, Bradley. Now you do have great pitching. There's no question about that. They've got wonderful pitching, but the question will be, can they score enough? Then you look at Cincinnati, and they're dumping salaries. I mean, Wade Miley is gone now. He's with the Chicago Cubs. They traded away a two-time Gold Glove winner at catcher and Tucker Barnhart. They're saying goodbye to Nick Castellanos. Pittsburgh Sounds and- like Luis Castillo and yes. Sonny Gray potentially both could be gone yep. this offseason. Good luck with that pitching staff after you've released or let go of all three of those guys. Pittsburgh rebuilding. And Chicago would have to spend a ton of money this offseason to get back to the level that they were, even at points this last year. They were leading the division. They won 11 in a row. And, you know, there's some talk, hey, do you keep this thing together if they keep going? Well, they didn't. And now they're going to have to retool. So the Cardinals right now are in a great position. However, I do think they're going to put a premium on, on saying, look, it's not just about, you know, getting in. Let's win the division. Let's make sure we handle that more so than anything. Now, once you're in in a three-game series, anything can happen. Then five and seven. But don't play in that winner-take-all game. And I'm with you and what you said to Matt Carpenter. We have all talked about it. Cardinals win that game against the Dodgers. I think they go to the World Series. They were playing so well, 17 in a row, and the hottest team in baseball. And you almost beat a very good Dodger team. So, you know what, take that out of the equation, go to a best of three, win your division. Yeah, that, that's what you need to end up doing. And the way that you do it is by winning 95 plus plus games yes, next year. Absolutely. So as much as, yeah, I get it. The division is not going to be good. Three of the five teams are already signaling with their actions, not just their words. Hey, next year is going to be a step back for us. Um, and so if you're the Cardinals... I internalize that. I get that. And I set it aside and I say, okay, how do we improve? Cause we were at 90 wins this year and it took a 17 game winning streak for us to get there. How do we get to 95 plus? And the way they do so is first by adding a starting pitcher. They got to do that Two by bolstering that bullpen, both with maybe one more key signing uh, other than Luis Garcia, bring in somebody else that can be a proven arm and also probably some minor league deals that can compete for spots. That would make some sense for them as well. 
but then maybe go out there and get a bat or two that, that improves your offense. Even if it's not the big name, it doesn't have to be a shortstop. Go get somebody that can improve the offense from where it was last year. And if you do all of those things and then continue to improve in season, as we saw last year, going to have to do that. Uh, that's how you get to 95 and this team can get there. They are very close, man. And if they have to have some better injury luck in 2022 than they had in 2021, that's maybe the biggest thing of all of the stuff that we're talking about right now. Just get a little more lucky with some of the injuries that you took, that you had. Cramming more St. Louis sports talk into your brain. It's the Danny Mac show with BK on 101 ESPN. Blues and Predators coming up tonight on 101 ESPN and the pregame at 6, so make sure you tune in. The Predators, we haven't seen them in a long time, and they'll be in town, Nashville and St. Louis at uh, Enterprise Center. You've got three more hours coming up with Alex. What do you guys have in we store? We do. We'll get into that game. We've got Joey Vitale, our Blues analyst for 101 ESPN and the Blues Radio Network, coming up at 12.15. Alex Ferrario will be in. We'll hear from Craig Berube. He was on with the Fast Lane yesterday. Had some interesting comments on both why Jake Neighbors was down what went into that decision and also uh this team has just dealt with so many injuries slash covid related issues there's one thing in particular that baruby says that has hurt them with we'll talk about that coming up at 11 15 but we're going to open up with one of the conversations we've been having so far throughout the morning dan how much pitching do you realistically need how many guys do you need to add to this staff to feel good about it going into 2022 we'll talk about that coming up at the top of the hour all right talk to everybody tomorrow at 7 on 101 espn Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.